All right, it is officially time to declare us live on the Awesome Odds betting show. It is here, week one of the NFL. We're talking a little NBA as well, but is a football kind of uh, day, Julian. Of course, I'm joined by Julian Edlow, as I always am. New time, new home for this show. We're gonna get ready to rock and roll. But how are you on this Friday? I'm great. Good to good to be back. We missed a couple. We had sports we in a in a weird place for a little bit, and then we had the holiday weekend, and now we're football's here. NBA playoffs keep rolling, and we're we're ready to get into a groove here. Oh yeah, and there's. It's PGA cut sweats. We've got semifinal U.S. Open tennis. I believe there's hockey. There's all sorts of things going on. We're not going to get to all that. We leave that to the other experts at Osmo. We're going to talk a little game seven, though, because I want to get your – I see in your background there's a little Celtics right there. And there. You sweating? You nervous tonight or what? Well, like you put it – I don't like to put it this way as a Celtics game, but like you put it when we were chatting this morning – this series is is five to one Celtics, and here we are getting ready for Game Seven. So, uh, yeah, you all you always have to be nervous in a Game Seven, but I, I trust my eyes that um, the Celtics have been the better team. Uh, and I, like we we also have the last two minute report clearly indicating that Kemba Walker was fouled and should have had two free throws to to almost certainly win that game and series in six. So maybe I know it's Scott Foster and Zach Zarba as the officials and everybody wants to make a big deal of that. But I don't think that like that comes into factor in like a game where Toronto needs to even the series or something. I don't think that works against you in a game seven. I think Boston being in the conference final or in the NBA final would be good for the league. I, I think I just want this to be a fairly officiated game. And I, if, if it does go that way, I trust Boston's talent to prevail. And maybe that Kemba call, if this is neck and neck at the last second, it gets Boston a little something in terms of an edge. Listen, yeah, I mean, it's the series. You could play the should game in a lot of things, but it feels like the series should already be over. Um the Celtics to me are the better team, but credit to Toronto. What you got punched in the mouth, you're down 2-0. You get punched in the mouth, you're down 3-2. And, and here they are with a chance. So right now, looking over the spread, there's some two and a half, some threes out there. Uh for me, it is I mean, not that I'm a Boston guy. I say that every show. Can't can't make like I like them, but I've been on the Celtics, like them against the Sixers a lot. I, I have position on them to win this series. And as we bring up Odd Shopper, which we're gonna do a lot on this show. You know, you see that there are some two and a halves out there. For me, it's Celtics or pass in terms of a, a, a side. Yeah, I, I like you do have the Celtics at um, at a good number for the series, so I can just kind of sit and ride that. I'm trying to decide if I want to add anything to it. Um, it is Celtics or pass, and the only thing is, I, I don't think I'm going to mess with the points here. Like this is a money line do we see what we're at for the money line like it was 130 earlier it's like 130 to 140 range Mm -hmm. if it's 130 i want 130 minus 130 celtics money line i don't want to mess with any two and a half threes yeah i mean there's nothing more annoying like you know you got the game you're up five with two seconds left i had a game like that that went in my favor in the first round jamal murray hit a three at the buzzer to keep me inside the number against utah and that is a in a game like this, I agree. I'd probably look, you could also just, I'm sure maybe the Celtics do go wire to wire, but at some point in this game, you can probably get the Celtics around minus 110 to win the game if they're down like 11 to 7 early, which means absolutely they've, nothing. They've gotten off to good starts uh, in this series, besides that one cold shooting game. Um, the third quarter is where they've gotten dominated. So, like, mm-hmm if maybe they make the game seven adjustment that it's been happening all series. I think the Celtics have lost all, what have they played now? 10 playoff games. I think they're, they're and 10 in the third quarter in the postseason. So if there's a time to get them live, maybe it's in that third quarter, if this game's going back and back and forth. Um, and if you also want some in game action, you know, we've seen these teams play six straight times. There's no surprises. We know the rotations. We know the personnel. You need to execute. The game's probably going to be close. They've been close games. Toronto uh, has found ways to pull most of those really tight games out. But we'll see. I, I Not that I don't trust Nick Nurse, but I really trust Brad Stevens and mm-hmm. I trust Kemba. I, I trust the Celtics then, and I do think that they will find a way to survive in advance. We've seen, like, 
you know, Siakam had what, like 10 or 12 points in 54 minutes in the last game. And I know Kemba's catching a lot of heat for five points in 50 plus minutes. And that was pretty bad. He shot two of 11. He should have been more aggressive. He had the one open three, and then he had a huge step back jumper in, in one of the overtimes somewhere late in. Yeah. That was insane back and forth. And um, so he's, he's not afraid to take the big shots though. I just think like what we've seen from Walker, um historically and in this series i think shows that we're going to see a bounce back game whereas siakam's just been outright struggling i don't i don't necessarily think he's he's going to get any better so to see lowry having lowry was so clutch hitting those threes that fadeaway like gassed out on his last legs over kemba was a ridiculous shot um if there's a guy if there's a guy that's going to struggle a little bit maybe coming off of 50 plus minutes out of all the guys that were there I, I feel like lowry would be that guy out of the group i think it's fair i mean like i said uh to me celtics pass i don't really have a lean on the total it, it would seem you know game seven we we saw this in denver utah a lot of those games do uh coming off a double overtime as well you know, get a little grinded out, a little sluggish. So I think Celtics and under if I had to take two positions, but I'm not super confident in that total. Yeah, I, it's tough because the under is, is you know, what is it, 204 right now, yeah. 204 and a half. And uh, just off the, start, uh, off the start of the series, it was like 218. So like if you're a value better, you see this and you feel like you have to bet the over because we're so many points, uh, you know, moved off of, of – where this opened but you got to look at the spot like the game seven history the stuff that we saw with with utah and denver and then the double overtime like you said like just the combination of the two this game is gonna be a slugfest um and there's gonna be a lot of coaching adjustments and i i I, like you I, i don't know if i'm gonna make a play on the under i don't know if i'm gonna do anything in game or or quarter by quarter but If I'm making a play on the total, it's definitely the under. Fair enough. It's just going to be a good one. I'm just, I'm honestly more excited to just watch this game than really make some, some wagers to, to be honest. It's a, it's a great game. We'll see maybe live, but anything else from the NBA, that's a little appetizer chat. I know we're clamoring for some pigskin. We're about to get there. Anything else you want to talk about before we transition to NFL here? Um, I will say that I think we've we've hit the point with, you know, Denver won that game two and, you know, battled pretty hard in game three and Houston stole game one against the the Lakers and kept that game too tight. And it looked like we were going to see maybe some six or seven game series in these ones. After watching those those game fours, I, I don't think that Denver and Houston are, are in the right place to really challenge these teams. I don't know if I want to the Clippers can really fall asleep and play with their food, but then when they need to win, play for two minutes and win. Um, I, I think that the the Lakers and Clippers close out if you wanted to do like a, a two-day money line parlay. It's like minus 135 or so. It's a pretty square play. It's not anything, you know, contrarian or anything ridiculous to, that, you know, jumps out that you wouldn't think of. Uh, but just the way these series have trended, I, I think that the better teams are, are starting to take over and I think if if the Clippers beat Denver tonight that gives the Lakers even more motivation to say all right let's wrap this thing up and not let them get a bunch of rest while we play around with Houston Mm -hmm. here and um, we're just going to get what we've thought we're going to get all series which is the the LA conference final uh, except with no games in LA yeah that is true yeah I mean it's a matter of when not if the Clippers and Lakers are meeting will it both be in five very possible. Will one make it to six? I guess that's possible. I'd be absolutely stunned if either of those series went seven. Uh, no way. And you know that I'm excited to get to the the conference finals with both. I want to see the Heat uh, take on hopefully the Celtics, and I I cannot wait, of course, to see Clippers Lakers. We'll be talking about that next week. Uh, one one thing because this game will happen before we yes. do the show again. No matter who the Heat play, they're pre- probably, you got to see what the number is, but they're probably a pretty good game one bet. They've been fantastic in the postseason. They're going to be rested. They're going to have their game plan for, for both teams already pretty much laid out. Um, and this team is going to come out of an absolute grind. Look at Denver coming out of that grind against Utah. They lose to the Clippers by, by 23 in game one. 
I think that game one is a, a sets up as a really good spot for the Heat, no matter who they play, as long as that's not a ridiculous number. Yeah, I'm interested to see what that, you know, clearly they've been very impressive. I, I would I want to see the series price. I want to see what that game one line is. I don't think it'll be drastically different regardless of who wins in this series, but uh, I do want to see that number. I may have some plays there as we look. Yeah, I mean, Clips eight and a half tonight. No no chance I touch that game. Yeah. Um, anything else or you want to move to week one? Um, let's do week one. And, and All right. Talk football. It's time to talk some football. And we're going to get into the individual matchups, uh, no doubt in a sec, because there's some games I really want to break down in depth. But I wanted to talk a little, and, and Chad, feel free to chime in, just about what we're seeing. Now, we saw a game last night in Arrowhead with, uh, you know, uh, maybe like 15 or 20,000 fans. We don't know. We haven't seen preseason. Is that changing how you're approaching, you know, this slate of games from a betting perspective? The fact that we haven't seen these teams, we've, you boy, Tom Brady, it's not like we saw him in the preseason, even though it would have been light. Uh, how do you approach what is a crazy 2020 here? Yeah, I, I think, you know, as I've gotten into doing a lot more football work this week, I've been realizing, I guess, how unprepared I am. Like, I've never <laughs> felt this unprepared for a week one. I'm always, and part of it is because of the NBA playoffs going on, which are a, a big deal for me. Um, and I, I never have that that overlap. It's just kind of, you're getting to the point of 162 game baseball season where you don't care. And uh, you're just all in on NFL. And it, without being able to see anything, it's just made it more, difficult um so last night like i usually would have had a bet on the game and now i'm regretting not taking the chiefs because if i made a play it would have been the chiefs but um i did have a player prop i played i, I hit a david johnson receiving yards over and and that kind of transitions me into the rest of week one where i think i'm going to look a little bit more towards the player prop side uh for for good spots rather than these games because the totals can be a little touchy we obviously had a controversial situation with the first total of the season um with that late field goal in a high scoring fourth quarter last night. Mm -hmm. um, and then, but the chiefs, the chiefs just dominated the the Texans, which I think was expected, but we have a lot of other games that don't really point to as strong of a side as that game, which, which leaves a lot of doubt. And, you know, I've, I've a few games that I've circled and a couple that I'm going to bet and, and we'll go through those. But I do think that this has to be a, a lighter week one for, for a lot of people. And, and just looking at the DFS side of things, I think that's like carried over for me. Like when I'm writing some of my articles in that space, I just don't know as much when normally I'm like, all right, this is the guy, this is the guy, these are the guys that I'm going to play. We've seen this, this, and this from them. And now there's so many more question marks that um, I think it's the same as betting. We have to, we have to be really selective this year, especially early. Listen, I, I it's hard to argue with. It, it's so appealing. You look at these games, you want to get in there. Uh, there are some spots that I like, but man, I, I'd be lying if I said, you know, we just don't know where these teams are at. And yes, the Chiefs, they looked pretty crisp, but, you know, I'm not taking much from one game. They're also loaded. It's the same personnel. What I really, that's the one distinction that I'm kind of interested to see is teams that had major changes whether it's coordinators, quarterbacks, things like that, because they just haven't had a normal offseason. Is that something that you're more concerned about rather than a team that, you know, it's been the same duo for, for a decade now? Uh, it's probably not that big of disruption. That was going to be my next point, is that I, I want to, week one, I think this year could be an important spot to look at teams that have had, everything in place in at least the last year and then did well with it and maybe backing them because they can just get right back into a groove. Whereas the Texans looked, I mean, the Texans have the same coach and quarterback. They looked a little bit different without Deandre Hopkins, whereas the chiefs pretty much went out with all the same tools, except uh, an obviously more explosive running back that they could, you know, add to that arsenal and, and, you know, just did what they did what they do pretty much. So I'm kind of looking through to see if there are teams that that have that type of situation in place that we can back. And when you scroll through them, it's really more teams that have just, you know, changed things that you don't want to back um, mm -hmm. than teams that you feel good about. Um, 
so it, like it's going to be tough like this would be the ideal week to have your Brady and Belichick in the bank that you just go right back to and take it minus six and a half against the Dolphins and 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 roll with it but now we have Cam Newton and we have all, six seven guys opting out for the Patriots this is not the same Patriots this is not a safe place to to touch them uh, against the Dolphins. In fact, I would, if I could get the Dolphins plus seven, I would consider that aside from some injuries that uh, they're dealing with, with, you know, key receivers and and key cornerbacks that I don't want to get into, but like you want, you want to trust stability and there's not much of it. Um, And the other side of that is that you want to fade teams that just haven't really had this system quarterback coach in place in the past and kind of go against that. No doubt. And it's weird because it's like, he is the most experienced QBs ever, you know, in the like history of the league are the ones that have moved, you know, Rivers is on the Colts, Brady's on the Bucks. These are guys that, you know, they've played in the same system for decades. And now it's a question of how did they look? And then their former teams, how did they look? I am going to target that. And it's a fine transition to get into these marquee matchups uh, and don't worry, we're going to do the giveaway chat. I'm, I'm holding it. I'm building up the anticipation. We'll get there. Uh, but the first matchup that I want to talk about is right on the screen now, courtesy of Odd Chopper, which if you haven't checked out, as you can see, we've got a ton in there. We've got all the spreads, your best numbers, and there's plenty more totals, money lines, player props, everything that you could want. Plus, that's just on the odd shopping side. You can track your bets. You can get a watch list, ton of tools in there. It's totally free, so go check that out. But I want to talk about the Browns and the Ravens. That's where we're starting. Uh, I got this already at seven and a half. I know every year is the Browns, this is finally the year. And to me, this is do or die for Baker. I don't want to be too dramatic, but I do like this spot for them. I know they're going to Baltimore, brutal brutal spot. They handled it last year in terms of splitting there. Uh what do you make of that game? Are you not nearly as high on the Brownies or am I on an island here? I don't think I am quite as high on the Browns as you, but I don't hate the position. Um, they improved the offensive line, which was a huge issue uh, because they have, you know, a quarterback and pass catchers in place. So in theory, they should be good because they have the big fantasy names that everybody likes to talk about. Um, and if they just improve the, those positions up front that really matter towards winning games, uh, they would be better, and they've done some of that. So they should improve. Stock has never been higher on the Ravens, um, who collapsed in the playoffs last year. But the the issue with the Ravens is they they generally took care of business last year. Like they're they're this hyped up for a reason. Um, but getting the seven and a half is is a big deal. I I do think that the Browns can keep this within a touchdown game, especially. See, this is where I want to know more about the Ravens and I just don't know how to find out more like what what have they been doing how how polished are they at this stage um you know if if they're up and running the way they were last year I don't want to bet against them but if if they've been you know having slower practices and and no contact and Jackson hasn't really gotten a chance to see any like you know, realistic game action, then I, I think that's very helpful for, for the Browns in this situation. So, but that's something you can, you can throw out there for any game. Like, I mean, this isn't specific to this game. So I, I would say I, I probably won't wind up betting any, any angle in this game, but if I did, I do like uh, Cleveland with anything better than plus seven. Once it gets to seven, I'm out. Yeah. Oh, that that's why I, I mean, I missed, this was at eight and a half, half yeah. um, and it's been dropping and I, I, you know, it was now or never because I certainly the, the hook in, in football is so huge. Um, and that's why it speaks to the importance of shopping around. You can get seven and a half, a lot of places, but you might not be able to much longer. And yeah, they listen, Cleveland's had the talent. We know that they've got Landry, they've got Odell, Chubb, Kareem Hunt. They have every weapon you could ask for. They've shored up the offensive line. It's a divisional game, competitive. We don't and know. They, like, they smashed the Ravens one time last they year. They absolutely chub torched them for three touchdowns. I'm not saying they have like the Ravens number by any stretch, but I feel very confident that they can compete with them. And when you factor in the unknowns with home field and when you factor in, not that I I'm saying Lamar is hurt by any stretch, but he was nicked in camp. We don't know. You alluded to this just exactly where teams are at. To me, I'm more likely to take the points when we don't know rather than lay them with a bad number. So 
that is where I'm getting things started. Just like every year is just crashing and burning with Cleveland. And then we'll move on. Um, is there we another game see, you want to go to? See, by the way, look, looking at odd shopper, we do see a seven already on the board. So that's what I'm saying. It's, that indicates that it's probably going to get there a lot of places by Sunday. No doubt. That's why I was, it was kind of now or never. I didn't want seven and a half to start shading to minus minus one fifteen, And then, yep. you know, you're like, Oh God, uh, I'll pass it to you. Now you throw one out there. You have a game that catches your eye. Um, I do. I have a couple that the first one isn't necessarily a play anymore, but I, I think I talked about it on this show in one of the earlier ones. Um, and I definitely talked about it on, on some other platforms. Um, I got the Seahawks money line at minus 120. So this, this spread was one, it's moved all the way to three. So it's now a pass for me. The money line still isn't that bad at 143 compared to a, where the, the spread is at three, but like, where is it? Let's look at odd shop. Are there any two and a half still out there? I think there might be. Um, I, there probably should be. I'm only looking at one book right now. Um, so, yeah, th- there's a couple two and a halfs out oh. there at BetMGM and FanDuel. Um, so depending on where you're where you're able to bet, uh, yeah, they're out there. Yeah. So I don't hate I don't hate the two and a half. I, I liked the money line a lot more. Um, the Falcons are not going to be as bad as they were necessarily coming out of the gate last year. And I know that you, you are a little bit high on, on the Falcons. I so certainly am. I don't know if you like my position here or not, but it, it, I think that that like four game winning streak to end the season was a little fluky. They got a very legit win over the 49ers as 10 point dogs. Can't take anything away from them there, but they won the other games as favorites against Carolina and Jacksonville. And then a one point dog against Tampa in a meaningless week 17 game, I just don't think the the you know momentum down the stretch is necessarily as as important as as others think it is. But at the same time, this team started one and seven and finished the season seven and nine. So there's something something to that. So I don't want to necessarily make this as big of a Falcons fade as uh, as it may come off to be. But they they started at home last year pretty poorly. They did beat the Eagles, but they went one and five I think outright in their first six home games and they were they lost those five losses were by like an average score of double digits each they they lost some really big home games last year the the Seahawks actually went in there and beat them 27 to to 20 so that was one I remember betting that game last year I got it at six and a half and covered and it closed at seven and a half and they technically Atlanta covered that game so Mm -hmm. there speaks again to the importance of getting these early and having being on the right side of the hook and what that can do for you uh in these games but I think this time around, I kind of expected this to be in the three, three and a half neighborhood. So I think it's fairly priced now. Um, I like having the money line. I don't necessarily want to say go out there and play the two and a half. But at this point, if you want action on this game, I I would get a 130, a 135 if you can get it. And uh, if you're confident in the points, go with the two and a half, but definitely not the three. I'm really interested to see this game just on the sense... The Seahawks added, you know, they added Adams. Their pass rush to me is just straight weak at this point. Yeah. And, um, and Atlanta's offensive line is is pretty good. So that's kind of the the that's one of the keys to getting this game for Seattle. Yeah. I, what I may look to, I mean, I think the wild card, and it's not just for this game, it's going forward, is Todd Gurley. If Todd Gurley is healthy and effective, the, I am pretty high on the Falcons. I don't think it's crazy to see them. I'm not going to say they're going to win the South, but I'm going to say that they could win the South. That That's what I'm going to say here. Uh, and to do that, they got you got to win games like this. Um, you're a slight dog at home. I know home games may not be as, I don't want to say crucial, but you know, when you don't have fans, it, it may be tougher to go seven and one, eight, no at home. Uh, as you know, when you're in the dome, it's, it's a very difficult place to play, but I still think that Atlanta has to win games like this if they're going to even be remotely relevant if they're going to get over seven and a half wins which is their uh season prop right now seattle seattle both played really well on the road um last year i think they were seven and one straight up in regular season road games they were six three and one against the spread on the road when you include the postseason um and they also travel east very well which I guess, I mean, that we're looking at how much stock do we put in, in road games, and I don't know. We None of us know exactly how that carries over, but I do think mm-hmm. you can take those numbers about traveling, you know, opposite coast and those 
kind of still applies. So I, I like that aspect of them. And I, I guess I like that they traveled well last year. Yeah. I mean, Seattle notorious last year, it was notorious. Like they, they flew an astronomical amount and, and listen, there's someone, if you want to go back to the beginning of the conversation, I mean, Russ, Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll have been doing it for a long time together. They're intact. Not to say that the Falcons aren't, you know, I, I trust Matt Ryan as well, but those are two pretty experienced teams at the key positions. Um, any, anywhere else. I mean, there's some games, there's some ugly games on this slate. When you look at like the Raiders and the Panthers, uh, the bears and the Lions. a lot of divisional games in, in week one, which makes it tricky. Those are usually spots, you know, I, I don't, I don't love digging into the, uh, the division games. Those are really tough right off the bat. I will say going back to that gross Raiders Panthers game. Oh yeah. Um, we did talk about on our, on our futures show, uh, kind of not liking the Raiders, um, which by the way, eventually I want to talk to you about the Broncos. That's the Monday night football game. I, I don't want to talk about the Broncos. Do you know how many guys that got hurt on the Broncos already? Von Miller was huge, and then we followed up with Cortland Sutton. But we'll get there. We'll get to Monday Night Football. That's unbelievable. Uh, that was unbelievable. But uh, I, I hate the Raiders. I got it at under seven and a half. It's now seven at most places. But they're, I, I'm mad at myself because I missed Carolina. It, Carolina got to three and a half, and I feel like I should have taken that. And now it's mostly two and a half threes. Uh, one thing that I do think, though, is that Gruden is one of the best scripted play callers in, in the NFL. So this is one that I could see Vegas jumping out to a three, nothing, seven, nothing lead and, and being able to play the Panthers live maybe um, because Gruden's so good at getting out, uh, getting out early in a game. And then things kind of just unravel. Uh, now the other side of that is that in order for things to unravel for the Raiders, you need a rookie head coach and a new quarterback on that team to be able to come together and actually make a, a comeback and stay in that game, which isn't something I'm necessarily confident in. So this is kind of a weird game that I, I guess maybe missing the three and a half for me was a blessing in disguise because I mm-hmm. don't get to get it. And now I get to watch some of this game. And if I bet something live, then I, and now I'm able to see what I'm betting on rather than going into this game and not really knowing what's going to happen. This is going to be, I do think, and we'll talk plenty about this on the network. Uh, I think it's an interesting DFS game. I am leaning the over under sits at 47 and a half, pretty much at every book. I do think that Carolina's defense is going to be bad again. Their secondary took a big hit. They lost Bradbury. I don't trust the Raiders with anything to begin with. We know McCaffrey's good. I just, I don't know what the Panthers can give them in terms of a dynamic offense, but I do trust Jacobs rugs on the outside run through. I, I, I could see this game being an ugly, you know, 31, 27 type game and, and it sails over this total. Yeah. I, I don't mind the over on this one either. Um, that one could be tougher to get in live. So like if I made a bet on this game before it started, it would probably be the over. Um, mm-hmm. If I bet something in the game, it would be, the Panthers, if they, if they go down on, on a, you know, a first drive touchdown to, to the Raiders. And it's a good number. 47 and a half is a good number too. A lot of games yeah. land on 48. Uh, so now's the time to do that. And and that will be, I'm going to lock that up right after this show. And then it'll probably move somehow. We're moving markets, I'm sure. And uh, <laughs> I'll miss it, but I, I do like that. And do you, do you want to talk? Cause two, one, two games I want to get to. First, and Chad has already mentioned this, friend of the show, Greg, mentioned, he says car- cards outright. That's a no for me, dog. Uh, I am shorting the Cardinals this season. I know there's a lot of hype. I know Hopkins. I know Simmons is going to be good eventually on the defensive side of the ball. I would be leaning, first of all, I'd lean to the under there at, at 48 and a half. I also would lean to the Niners at home. Do you have a inkling on that game, big game in the NFC West? Yeah, so I, I mean, I have read and heard some stuff about how well the Cardinals offense matches up with the 49ers defense. Um, and that played out last season, like the Cardinals offense played well against the 49ers defense. Um, they'll kind of apparently take Hopkins, put him to one side of the field with with Sherman, and then mm-hmm. kind of use the matchups on the other side of the field, get Murray out of the pocket running a little bit. It's an exciting offense. It's an exciting team. So I, I get it. Um, but this was one that opened at like nine and a half, ten. I'm talking back in like 
when we first got week one lines and it's just slowly, slowly been moving where if this one gets to six and a half, now I'm starting to look at the 49ers with the whole world on, uh, on Arizona. And, you know, that's just, it feels like it, it feels like Arizona is that week one bet that everybody's on week one that just maybe doesn't get there. Yeah. Um, I I, like, I don't, that's not a fancy answer or anything, but there's just always that game that everybody's on. It's usually, I feel like a favorite. um, And this time everybody, everybody likes a dog, but I would be pretty comfortable with, with 49ers uh, minus six and a half. And when we're seeing, Oh, wow. Is this six and a half everywhere now? It it looks like it. Um, well, couple shaded a little north of 110, but you can find six and a half minus 110 at various books. So, no, all right. Well, at this point, all right, I, I'm probably in on the 49. Let's go. You're How about you? against the world. Um, and listen, I, I'm not, it's not to say I, I actually am pretty intrigued with what Kingsbury's done. Um, and yeah, Super Bowl hangover, that's a fair point as well. But I actually think this is a better matchup than most in terms of the personnel for the Niners. I I think they'll cause Murray problems. I don't think that, again, Arizona's got a lot of things. They've got a young QB, a young coach. They've brought in Hopkins. It's a lot to do with no... They could have benefited from a a more regulated offseason, whereas the Niners, I kind of feel like they do what they do. They're going to run the ball. Jimmy G makes plays when he needs to. They're going to generate a pass rush, and that's about it, and that's going to be effective. So So the... uh, I feel confident with them. The question marks, I guess, with the 49ers are, are that they they have a couple of moving pieces on the offensive line, but one of those pieces coming in is Trent Williams, which should help. Yeah, that's good. Um, that's very good. That, that's probably a good thing. Um, and then the, the wide receivers are banged up. But can they keep running the ball and just make it work with Kendrick Bourne and Dante Pettis? Um, the matchup should be unbelievable for Kittle. It just depends what Isaiah Simmons is able to do if that's his matchup to, to, to kick off his NFL career. That, that's a tough one, but Arizona, I know they allowed the most fantasy points to, to tight end last season. So it's yeah, historically position. bad. Kittle should do well. Um, and then if you're a trends person, I think this is why you like Arizona because the Super Bowl loser is on a three 16 and one against the spread run in their opening game. So the Super Bowl loser does not do well out of the gates. I saw that this morning. Um, but you got to go case by case. Like, I, yeah, I, that's an interesting trend, but is it predictive? Right. I, I don't know. Um, right. That's not something like saying, like, I have a trend on the Saints for later in the show when we talk about that game that speaks to Drew Brees and Sean Payton and how they start seasons. Mm-hmm. This is covering a lot of different teams who the value is high on because they were just in the Super Bowl, whereas now this is a game where everybody likes the other side and this number is shrinking. You got to go case by case, and I think this one kind of is an outlier. Agreed. I totally agree with that. Um, talk to me about that game, though, because, you know, you know, that's another one. We've got the Bucs, got the Saints. Everyone knows, you know, that the, the Bucs have built a very respectable team down there uh, on the pirate ship, and, you know, they go into the Superdome seems like they play every year to, you know, to start the year and there's always wild things. Are you leaning to Tampa? It sounds like you are. Yeah. So one, one of the, the other thing that I bet, I bet Seattle minus 120 money line a while back. And the other thing that I bet was Tampa plus like four or four and a half along with the plus 185 money line. And it's now three and a half and 150. Um, I think Tampa has a good shot to win this game. I would bet it's small, but I, I love the three and a half. And the immediate reaction that everybody has when I give that play is number one, buying into the Bucks hype. Number two, continuing to back Tom Brady, who's a guy that I've backed for my entire, you know, Patriots fandom. And they're just, they were a good team to bet on. They had a great run. Um, so I'm not trying, I promise I'm not trying to just keep betting on Tom Brady because it's been working for me for a long time. Um, this is a saints fade and Yes, I, I like the weapons the Bucks have. And the, the, the real point that I make for, for just a positive on the Bucks here 
is that I think the reason that their defense was so you know bad last season is because Winston threw 30 interceptions. They didn't just necessarily grade out as an awful defense. They gave up a lot of points because Winston turned the ball over before midfield. Now you're already, you know, 15 yards away from getting a field goal, or maybe you turn it into a touchdown. Winston had 30 interceptions last season. Tom Brady has 29 interceptions in the last four seasons combined. So you're just not going to get those turnovers and leave your defense in in bad spots. Brady's going to put you in better position to, to just cut down on mistakes. Even if this offense isn't as explosive as everybody thinks it is, the lack of mistakes is going to be a huge turnaround for the Bucs. Um, but I mentioned the trend, and the trend is that in the last 17 week one or two games for the Saints, they are 2-15, two and 2-15 and 15 against the spread. That speaks, this is all Saints, that speaks directly to Sean Payton having his team ready to come out um drew Brees was the quarterback for that entire uh you know stretch so it, it speaks to breeze being able to start the season um his worst qbr of any month for his career is september so he he starts slow so uh, this is one where i'm kind of uh, i can see reasons why i like the bucks and then i think this trend has something to it i don't think mm-hmm. it's just a, a collection of random numbers i think the saints start slow so give me the key number, the three and a half. I still like a lot on on the Bucks to to keep this within a field goal. Tommy boy, I don't. I'm, I mean, I'm fascinated. Or you I can just laugh at me and say that I'm just going to keep betting on Tom Brady because listen, won me a million Super Bowls. It's going to be different. I don't know what it's going to be, but it's certainly going to be different. Uh, he's not going to make those insane at times mistakes that Jameis did. But I am on record of saying, I I also think that he's not going to be able to maybe make some of those throws that Jameis could, particularly to Mike Evans. Uh, And we will just see. He's unbelievable. I don't think having no offseason and all these new parts helps, but at the same time, I'm sure he's doing everything he's getting. It's not like they won't be ready. It's it's a tough matchup. I am certainly not betting the Bucs, but I'm not eager running to the window to bet the Saints either. Uh, you got a certainly a good number at four and a half. If you're going to do it, three and a half is still a very key number, of course. Uh, and I don't think it's impossible to see this close even at three uh, if if Tampa continues to take money. So we'll see. We got to see what Mike Evans' status is. Couple couple things to monitor as we get closer to Sunday. Um, yeah, I don't I don't like that I'm kind of taking the new upcoming like the the 2020 browns type of all hype team i don't like that i don't want to do that i can tell you on that team in week one but i'm I, i've justified it because i'm doing it for different reasons um and i'm sticking to it okay. <laughs> and then I'll, i can i but you, we're playing both sides like we just said we like the niners six and a half so we're we're betting against one of the one of the trendy teams in in the other one so again case by case you got to look at each game in a, in a different light. No, and there's no doubt about it. It's not to say that a trendy team like that can't get it done. It's just, there's, I think a lot of people um, that are really high on Tampa and and we're going to say, you know, the saints, they certainly benefit from, you know, it's not going to be the Superdome of, of old. That's probably one of the biggest home field advantages out there. And it is certainly mitigated. So we do get that. And, I don't know. It's impossible to tell. I mean, what do you, what do you think the spread is if we don't have, you know, is it, is it near six and a half? Is it six? Like it's hard to factor in how many points that's worth um, having, you know, no crowd or just a very arbitrary, you know, random collection of people there. I don't know because a lot of these lines came out so long ago and haven't moved that much. That's what's, yeah, I like, was thinking about We didn't that. know when these lines came out what what the deal with fans was going to be. And if there's, like, if there's a... How am I going to say this? It's in my head. I got to get it out. So if there's a game that has... If there's a game... If all these lines came out at the same time and we didn't know about fans, and there's a game that has fans ruled out, it's going to be an empty stadium, and that line hasn't moved at all. But there's a game where you're going to have 20,000 fans, and that line hasn't moved at all. That doesn't make sense. No, maybe it's, you know what, maybe it's more to it. Obviously having fans there helps, but it's your facilities, things like that, travel, just 
there are other factors your own place of work i i agree that that is a big chunk of home field advantage but the crowd has to be something and we haven't seen that really move anything yet which is uh, interesting that's all i have to say i don't i don't know my thoughts it's just interesting yeah houston baptist i respect that chat um a couple things one chat hit the like button uh we're about to do the giveaway i'm gonna ask a trivia question for you guys in chat whoever answers first uh we will get a free weekly pass to the site we're gonna be doing some fun things with the show as we get going but we wanted to start it off have some fun on this friday i'm gonna do that in a couple minutes but before i do a as i mentioned hit the like button and if you guys haven't signed up no better time to do that it's not just nfl it's literally everything every sport that you want covered we have it not just on the dfs side we've got season long we've got some betting content out we're building that up fast i'm sweating golf as we speak spieth just absolutely coughing me that's very unfortunate couldn't make a birdie on 18 so i'm a little bitter doing the show but that's all right let's move to monday night and then we're going to talk a little survivor we'll give it a live dog and we'll get out of here but i want to talk i need to slowly find a way out of all the stupid things i said about denver because now they're in all the good players are getting injured uh what do you make of that game so I was kind of excited. You're you're obviously the Broncos guy, but I'm I, I agree with you on a, on a lot of things that you originally said. So when that one when the Titans sound uh, signed Clowney, I was kind of excited that that game moved to a pick'em because how much of an impact is he going to have? Like a week after being signed, he's going to be out there for limited packages. And now we get Denver in a pick'em, and I was I was all about it. I, I was ready to go for it. A pick'em at home, um, and then Von Miller. And then Cortland Sutton. And now, like, I, I want to back Denver. Um, but that seems like it might be a little silly at this point at, at two and a half or at plus 120 on the money line because that, like, these aren't just little pieces that are being ruled out. These are, like, big gut punches to their it's season. So yeah, there's there's times where you can take an injury and say this guy's really not going to be worth any points. So if I can get a better number because of it, let's do it. Uh, Von Miller and Cortland Sutton aren't, especially Von Miller, aren't are not pieces that you can do that with. So maybe maybe I'll have more clarity by by Monday. Maybe it'll be at three and a half by Monday. But like, I, I don't think we can bet this game anymore. No. Um... So, for, yeah, I, a couple things. One, I think if you are possibly looking to get a position on the Broncos, you're best to wait because if Cortland Sutton is ruled out, the number could sh- continue to climb, and you're not really gaining any. It's not like this is going to cross zero or anything. Like, if, if you get two and a half or one and a half or two, it's really not that big a deal. But if you get three and a half somehow, I mean, it's not good because something happened, but at the same time, I'd rather still have that. You could argue that they lost... I mean, Locke, of course, is their quarterback, but they may have lost their most important player on either side of the ball, both sides of the ball. Um, mm-hmm. That's just bad. I, I like they need Miller and Chubb and these guys healthy to generate a pass rush. Listen, you know what? Uh, a lot of pressure is going to be on Drew Locke. I'm I'm very nervous. I, I wanted this team intact, but they're going to have their chances. And you know what? It's the NFL. People get hurt. You can't just completely implode so i'm definitely not betting the broncos in this game i they need sutton back as fast as possible though how do you feel about the win total i don't feel good but i already locked <laughs> that bad boy in. we're all in <laughs> yeah i mean listen the, you know what the, the formula still holds true you they have a legitimate i firmly believe that even if you get swept by the chiefs you can be four and two in your division because you can sweep the Raiders and you can sweep the Chargers. The Chargers lost Derwin James, and you could argue that's just as big a loss as Von Miller. And I don't trust the Raiders at all. So you know what? If you can at very worst be three and three in that division, you're going to have opportunities. And it comes down to Drew Locke. He, he should be able to make plays. He's got Melvin Gordon in that backfield. The season is not lost. It's just a major, major blow uh, for their ceiling. That's for sure. Yep, I'm with you there. All right. All right. You know what, Chad? It is time. So if everyone's ready, I'm going to ask for some likes. And then I am going to just say, I'm going to say a question and whoever types it first, 
you will win an awesome weekly pass. We'll find some more gimmicks going forward, but are you ready? Here we go. Who, and Julian, you're ready too. You're not eligible though if you answer. Unfortunately. So unfortunately not. Just happened. Who was the winner of this year's Kentucky Derby? Maybe no one will answer. Then we don't give it away. Then I, I get the pass. I am. I did not know until you, uh, I heard you talking pre-show. So yeah. Cause all my horses just scratched, uh, very disturbing. All my, literally, I, I can't explain. That's a whole different show for different times, but I, I had horses on horses that I liked for that race and they were getting scratched. Like there was no how tomorrow. Many, how many scratched? What'd you say? How many scratched? So, well, I mean, dating back to like July. So I, I like this okay. horse, Maxfield. He got hurt. There it is. Got a we, got, we got a winner. Um, then I liked Art Collector. He scratched. Then literally like five minutes before the race, I was leaning on thousand words and he flipped in the paddock and he scratched. So I, I couldn't, uh, I was jinxing everyone. We've got a, a, a horse is a good guess by Eric, but that doesn't actually count. Uh, Jatart, Authentic, you are the winner. Congrats. Hopefully some people did bet on Authentic. So you will win an awesome weekly pass. And don't worry, we're going to do a lot of these. We've got some things going on this show, but uh, we got about 10 minutes left here. And I do want to get your takes, Julian, really quick on the survivor side of things. Uh, clearly, if you use the Chiefs, you've survived in advance. Mm-hmm. If you didn't, to me, the Colts are the obvious team to go to, just pick on the Jaguars. Is there anyone else that you feel comfortable with uh, in week one? I'm, I'm on the same page with you, and we we have not discussed that at all. But yeah, like take a team like the Colts, who's not a dominant team that you're going to need necessarily late in the season. I think the Colts are, you know, they could definitely win their division and everything, but it's not like, oh, I can't, the Colts are out of my, I don't have the Colts to use anymore in my survivor. Yeah, just, you know, target the Jags. You'll, you'll have a week that you can, you know, we'll have a lot of weeks that we can do that most likely, but get it out of the way now, then you've, you've now, I mean, if you, look if you've took if you've if you took the chiefs that's great because you already survived and you don't have to sweat out you know a jags colts game or whatever if that's tight but uh, you know having the chiefs late in the season is is what you want that's how you you know get through these things in the later weeks when it when it gets dicey so i'm i'm with you i just scrolling through the board i i really like the steelers this week, I really don't like the Giants, just like the two teams I told you I don't like are the, the Raiders and the Giants. You're a little bit higher on the Giants than than I am. Um, that's maybe a little bit dicier of of a call. It's, it's a lot more dicey of a call than, than taking Indy against Jacksonville. So that's the only other place I would look if you want to get really cute, but I don't think you, you need to do that. And then point spread-wise, the only other place to look would be Baltimore, but that doesn't seem like the best idea when when Cleveland's a pretty popular, you know, underdog with the points. So I like Jacksonville. I'm I'm with you. I'm not gonna fight you. The, yeah, uh Chad just brought this up. I think you could use the Bills. That's pretty fair. Um Rob, that's, yeah. that's a garbage. Uh the thing, listen, and I have an article up, it's totally free. If you are playing Survivor, feel free to check that out. It's on the site. The nice thing about the Colts is that you're burning a team that the spot you'd want to burn them is against the Jaguars. Like when you look at their whole schedule, this is the, like you, you're not safe. It's not like it's the chiefs and you're like, man, do I want to use them? Because now I, I, I kind of waste them. Like getting rid of the Colts is a win in itself. If you can survive the game. Uh, and that is nice. Similar to the bills, the Steelers. I think I'm a little higher on the giants than you, but I, all of these teams should get through, of course, but we know that's not how it works. Well, one of them, one of them is not. No, that's I mean, remember works. when the Saints with the Bucks? I think that was two years ago. That's they literally... that's why I'm fading the Saints. It's yeah, magic. They ended Survivor. Uh, magic is like a double-digit dog won by double digits in the Superdome with fans. It happens. Um, all right, last thing, and we've talked about this, so feel free to recap. We do this on the golf show on Wednesday night. We give a hot take. We're calling it a live dog, something like that to close us out here. Obviously, I'll go first. You know where I'm going. I bet seven and a half already. I don't think it's crazy if you want to take just a sliver. And, and certainly, we all know that you want to structure your units. Don't bet like 
one unit on the Browns spread and then one unit on the money line. That's not the way to do it. I do think that I will take, you know, a, a little flyer and sprinkle on the Browns money line this week. I do think they can go into Baltimore and get that win. Uh, yeah, I don't mind that. Um, I'm, I'm see, I have a lot shorter dogs that I'm looking at. All of them are like two and a half to three and a half. And I already gave out Tampa. So that's my strongest one. And I'm, I'm not going to go back to it. Um, and we talked about Carolina, which I'm, I don't trust them enough. So I'm looking at the Sunday night game and I'm looking at the Rams, uh, three point, three point, uh, dogs there plus one thirty ish on, on the money line across the board. Um, fading a popular team in Dallas. I think everybody's really high on Dallas this year and, uh, offensively they should be there, but defensively, I don't see it. And I think the Rams could be in a little bit of a bounce back spot. Uh, we talked about them on our NFL futures show. Like, would it surprise you if they won six games? Would it surprise you if they won 12 games? No. Um, maybe the Rams are good. So I just think it's a, an interesting spot. And we, we know that, you know, Dak's getting MVP hype. Uh, they add a, a popular big name draft pick in CD lamb. They're America's team. Everybody wants to bet the Cowboys here. So I, I'll take a shot on the Rams in this spot. Okay. The, the Rams are one of the most interesting teams in the league. And I know, you know, we bounced around a little today. We're going to be talking plenty about them, I'm sure, in the future. Because I, I, we've talked that they, they're they the type of team they could, I think, they're alive to win the West. And if you told me that the, the Cardinals passed them and they are the, now the basement of the West, it wouldn't shock me. A huge range of outcomes for them um and we'll see was it the super bowl hangover all year last year or are they just not the same team uh who knows but gotta win these type of games there's a lot of those this week where it's you know some division some not where if you're going where you want starting with a big win is huge but we're gonna get out of here chat this was fun if you have any questions if we didn't cover a game follow us on twitter follow us uh in slack we're in there talking all sorts of things but this is fun we're gonna be doing this every week we're going to do some giveaways. We're going to do some features of Odd Shopper. And like I said, sky's the limit. I want to also say really quick, tomorrow, the first ever college football DFS and betting show will be on Awesomeo for us. We're unveiling a new show, and I'm on it. So I will be talking some teams that we didn't know existed, breaking it all down with Matt Gajewski. Really excited to get into that. Tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern, stop on by. We got a whole schedule this weekend for shows on the DFS side. So go check that out on the homepage. Julian, this was fun. We're going to go just straight undefeated, and then we're going to victory lap the entire show next week. How does that sound? That would be, that would be great. That would be great. Doubtful. But on that note, everyone, good right. luck this weekend, and we will see you next week. 